The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. We're on the road today here in Kearney. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal back at our Lincoln Studios uh, out here for baseball. Big thanks to Elijah and Bill Dolman yesterday making it rock and roll as always. Uh, we're uh, ready to rock and talk for the next couple of hours. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and numbers to get in 466 3776 800 825 5865. Just off the interstate here is where we're staying. The American flag uh, waving in the, uh, the the brisk breeze and not far from the interstate. Elijah, good day of baseball yesterday for, for Junior in, in Lincoln Southwest. They played Grand Island and uh, they got to play at, uh, at, at Kearney UNK's baseball field and uh, the kids uh, performed well, a 10-2 to victory. They hook up a little bit later today with Westside and I think maybe Hastings tonight, and then tomorrow they uh, they uh, they grapple with McCook. So it's a, it's a holiday tournament out here in, in central Nebraska. We're pretty loaded up. Sam Cook, our conversation with the Ravens Hall of Famer, soon to be Ravens Hall of Famer. He retired uh, late last week, uh, end, of, end of Thursday or Friday uh, a week ago. And uh, we'll get caught up with Sam. Amon Green also stopped by. So that's part of the rewind this morning. Uh, we'll spend time with Brandon Vogel and Gary Sharp in hour two. You can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And as always, find us on Twitter, Elijah's Twitter handle at Herbal Essence. Uh, Chris Schmidt, that is me at Schmidt underscore radio. But uh, just a, a good weekend to remember and to honor those who have served for sure. And uh, spend time with family and loved ones and a lot of baseball on the docket. Any umping on your radar, Elijah, or are you just going to do the Salt Dogs? No, I have a, uh, a junior-senior doubleheader tonight out in, well, I'll, I'll digress from saying where it is, outside the capital sure. city. No, that's all good. Um, but uh, this would be my second game of the summer, and I took a brutal one off the shin last weekend. Um, so hoping for uh, yeah. uh, that it doesn't hit the same spot tonight. Just, so I'll, I'll take it off were, the arm. Were, I'll take it off the collarbone. Just as long as it stays. You just don't want the shin. shin. Yeah. <laughs> no touch, as Clark Griswold used to say. So I, I got the evil, got the evil eye sneaking out of the room this morning uh, because Junior was snoring, Mama was snoring, and you, you go to pull that door open, and you know how heavy doors are at your hotel, and we're here at the Crown Hotel, just off the interstate. Uh, 
Had a great time with uh, friends at Cunningham's on the Lake. That's where we've done some Hale Varsity shows when we're out in Kearney before. Both Cunningham's locations. Love those folks. But <laughs> you go open the door and you forget the, the top bolts there. Mm. Right? It, it's got the auto lock, but then you go pull the door. You're trying to be quiet. And... I mean, it's like I woke the whole room. <laughs> you pull again, and I go, oh, no. <laughs> they both pop up. What the hell's going on? Hey, I didn't mean to wake you. I'm so sorry. It wasn't quite jumping in the pool at, at midnight with Christy Brinkley. But it, it does right. sound like someone's breaking in your hotel room at 6 oh, in the morning. It scares the heck out of you, but those things, I mean, those things are uh, are, are designed to keep you safe. <laughs> But uh, nothing can can prevent uh, stupidity uh, on my end. So, so interesting article on PJ Fleck, and in, in, you know we're into the off season. The Hale Varsity yearbook is getting uh, all uh, finished up, and in what a resource for team previews. And you look at a guy like PJ Fleck, and you know I wonder from a villain standpoint, is his personality kind of the the personality you think of in the Big Ten when it comes to the coaches you can't stand. This was a, a fun exercise, right? When you look at the old Big Eight with some of the basketball coaches and personalities, Billy Tubbs, Norm Stewart specifically, or even in the old Big Eight or Big 12 from a football standpoint, uh, Mac Brown always kind of seemed grandfatherly, even though you couldn't stand Texas. Switzer, you loved to, to hate, or you just couldn't stand because Oklahoma would break your heart. And and then uh, you, you you zoom out a little bit, and and you get into the Big Ten. I mean, Urban Meyer, right? What do you think of with Urban Meyer? You think of some arrogance, don't you? Uh, when you think of Jim Harbaugh, what do you think of? You, I I think of quirky. I mean, the the word is Jim's going to be Jim, and. <laughs> You go from the, uh, you know, shirtless wrestling in the living room to whole milk to T-bone steak recruiting spiel when he first got back out of the NFL into Michigan. Just kind of what, what kind of a weirdo is coming to my living room. And uh, you, you kind of trickle on down. I think if you were to ask peers about Scott Frost, I think there's uh, a lot of respect for Frost when it comes to his offensive mind. Okay, I think there's also some lessons learned the hard way in the Big Ten with what's been said or assumed about coming into this league uh, if you're Scott Frost. And Nebraska's had to adjust their game, quite frankly, and it's still an ongoing thing. And and then we get to P.J. Fleck, and Sam McEwen, World Herald, uh, wrote about Fleck's seven-year extension. Don't kid yourself about Fleck. And he is gracious to us every year at Big Ten Media Days. He sits down with us for about 15 minutes, always dressed to the nines. Uh, has got the, uh, the, the the tie and quarter zip look tailored to a T on the sideline. Uh, and, and he's the guy that's racing around the sideline. And if he's up on you by 20, it's really annoying in the fourth quarter. <laughs> the key is to not let him get up by 20 on you in the fourth quarter. My jury is more on the respect dial 
than the annoyance dial with P.J. Fleck. I think he's a guy that is salivating to get a bigger job. I think he would kill a family member for Notre Dame. Mm. <laughs> and, and that's probably a lot of coaches, right? Because the money being made right now is obscene. They, they've earned it cause, because they make such a high dollar amount. They're also fireable at, um, at, at a, uh, a questionable number. If you're going 500 or better, at Minnesota, and Fleck has. He's cranked out a 9- and an 11-win season. That's really good. That's Glenn Mason good, okay? Um, you're, you're expected to hit that number more times than not. Um, I think Fleck is, is probably your most disliked coach in the league by Nebraska fans. And I wonder if, if you're in that category or if it's, if it's a Ryan Day for you or if it's a Jim Harbaugh. You know, where you at? Is it is it Kirk Ferentz? Not just because of the Iowa tie, but because Kirk may just rub you the wrong way. Is it the pig farmer? Is it Bielema? Um, so, you know, and, and Coach Allen at Indiana, I mean, he seems like your junior high gym teacher, doesn't he? But, but he got brought down to earth uh, <laughs> after a, a, a brutal season last year. Elijah, where, where do you weigh in? I think Fleck is the most polarizing, but I honestly respect the heck out of him. He has developed lines of scrimmage. He has developed running backs. He made an adjustment in 2018 with a with a defensive coordinator firing and hiring. And Minnesota has been a really good football program, probably your most underrated. I think folks roll their eyes at, at all the back pats. Uh, that Coach Fitzgerald gets, but I think he's he's phenomenal, and I think his personality is pretty genuine. I mean, with Fleck, if he's at Nebraska, let's be honest, he's one of the most popular guys in the state. It's just the fact that he's yeah. at a, a, a different school. I mean, his, fact, he's it, beating the hell out of you. His act gets old, but if he was in Lincoln and he was winning games, everyone would love his act. Everyone mm-hmm. would love saying row the boat. So I, I see both sides to it. I personally am not the biggest fan. I. I get used car salesman vibes off him. I think we've said that before on the show, and I, I still get vibes from, like, P.J. Fleck. Man, he'd probably win the, the Midwestern competition for used car salesman if, if he were doing used car sales. That's, that, that's, that's the exact not, type that's of guy That's not a is. knock on used car salesman no, that's because not a, there's that's, some good ones out there. That's not a knock on used car salesman. That's not a knock on P.J. Fleck either. It's just the, that's the, the complete— How genuine is he? That's just the, the complete uh, vibe I get off the guy, mm-hmm. and he'd probably be great at it because— it's the same thing he's doing coaching, but damn it, he wins. He, he wins. He's high energy. Got a seven-year deal. Good story by Sam McEwen uh, right there. Do we have time to, to run the Barney clip? Speaking of, of, of coaches that, that folks either can take or leave. Well, uh, interesting sit-down with Coach Barnett this week when it, when it comes to <laughs> uh, Pete Carroll, right? And And this was Coach Barnett about about Pete and kind of that altercation. Anyway, altercation's too strong a word. Uh, a run-in they had at at midfield before. And uh, Pete's a guy a lot of folks love, but some folks in the industry really couldn't stand similar to Fleck. You know, I, I've had one incident with a coach, and I had one incident with a uh, two incidents with the media guys. And the, the incident with the coach was I, I did not call him, mm-hmm. and then. I saw him before the game, and 
he was really mad because I, I turned him in for violations and nobody had ever turned this guy in before they you know he was above all that well uh he came out and at half time before the game and just ripped me and um who was it you know, I, I, uh, it was Pete Carroll oh really and so yeah <laughs> and so uh I, I turned him in long before the game but uh uh, it just so happened by the time we got to that game, we lost our quarterback and had to play a brand-new quarterback, and we were going to get killed, and we did, and he made sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was in reference to Jimbo and, and and Saban. You know, what's what's the 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 unwritten rules of coaching? If you got a problem with somebody, do you call them before you kill them? And, uh, well, Barney had had enough of, uh, of Pete's creative math at, at USC. And, boy, oh, boy, did, uh, did USC get creative pre-NIL. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're off here at Cardi. Uh, baseball tonight for, uh, for Junior and uh, Lincoln Southwest, the uh, REMAX team. Uh, we are going to take a quick timeout here on the weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. And uh, the Rewind coming up, we'll hear from Sam Cook, great punter for the Ravens, incredible performer for Nebraska, Sam's retirement and new role with the Ravens. We caught up with Sam. Amon Green also day-by-day debuted in Omaha last night, weekend showings this holiday weekend. So uh, we spent some time with Amon Green. Uh, We'll continue on our One Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Now back with Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in. Uh, he just retired and we're catching him day one. It is... Sam, do you have an office, bud? Sam Cook is with us. Do you have an office? Do you have an area? Tell us what this new role is. Well, this new role is a special teams consultant with the Ravens. Um, as far as a new office, I think it's just in the janitor closet right now. So we're working our way up. Uh, just working out with the maintenance guys and uh, doing those things. But uh, no, it's uh, it's going good. Just kind of you know start working out with uh, jordan stout and trying to get things re- going with him and working on fundamentals and techniques of punting and just trying to learn the whole process of what it's like being a coach here at the baltimore ravens so super exciting uh super excited to be a part of this organization or continue to be a part of this organization and everything it, it involves sam cook with us sam the, this entire state is Always, I mean, it's always been proud of you, but super happy for just the way 
your career has gone. Uh, you know how Nebraska fans are with Huskers in the NFL, man. And it's it was just a pleasure to watch you as we blink for 16 years. Take me back to Thursday and how how you dealt with the emotions. Yeah, you know, it was a very emotional day. It was one of those things um, kind of from the beginning. It was sports was all I knew, and that's the only thing I ever wanted to do growing up. And so there was uh, a lot of emotions from that because I, in essence, kind of took that away from myself. You know, it was uh, something that I felt comfortable with my decision, but just realizing that, you know, I no longer get to play that kid's game anymore was just, it was very hard because like I'd mentioned, it was the only thing I ever wanted to do growing up and, and had the opportunity to do that at, at the highest level in football and, and be a part of such a great teammates, great coaches, great organization was just truly remarkable and, and emotional and everything that went with it. Um, had the opportunity to have some uh, coach Downing, Scott Downing, Bill Bush, some of my former coaches here to be a part of that, along with some good friends and family that was, was here as well. And so excited for the next chapter excited to see how this all goes sam cook is with us on hail varsity radio sam the 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 feedback on social media uh the nfl circles around nebraska it it was truly your day and you're a guy that is a just focused worker man you perfected your craft for a number of years was it tough for you to accept the adulation, the fanfare? Well, I mean, being in Nebraska, being in Baltimore, like our fans are amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, no, it, it, it wasn't really, it was, wasn't really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, fans are just exceptional. Um, the way they, the way they handle everything from from that to our game days and they're so appreciative of everything that these guys give and you know i couldn't be happier you know just having the support that i did with with the fans and family and everybody that was involved it's just it's remarkable to see how much you know i meant to them and you know in hindsight looking at it you know as you're going through it you never think um you know they probably just think you know take me for granted but when it's all said and done, you know, there was a lot of love and and understanding in what I did. Sam, let's talk about your career and not only from from Nebraska to Baltimore, but just overall from from high school to to where you just ended this this finish line, at least your playing days and because correct me, out of high school, didn't you didn't you play linebacker and, and wide receiver? You also kicked, yes. But I mean, you came into Nebraska as as an athlete, correct? Correct. Yeah, in high school, I played. Um, I mean, I actually started off as a guard and then played. Uh, you know, throughout my years there, played guard, tackle, uh, center. And then I did some tight end in certain formations along with fullback and upback and then um, did linebacker and the punting and kicking duties. And at that time, you basically played the whole game. You know, mm-hmm. you played both sides of the ball and then special teams. And it was it was it was a great time. 
and that's where I learned the love of football. Had the opportunity to play many positions, many skill positions, and from there I got drafted, or not not drafted, but asked to walk on to Nebraska as a linebacker, punter, slash kicker. And the whole point was to come in the first year, see if I see how I like the punting and kicking it. If I'd like to jump into linebacker, I could do that the following during spring ball. But throughout that whole year, just fell in love with punting and kicking and enamored in uh, trying to figure it out and be co- so consistent. And it just kind of led me to my career 16, you know, <laughs> actually 21 years later. So, Sam, fair to say you brought a linebacker mentality to the NFL as a punter? Um, I guess you could say that, yeah. I mean, I, I loved hitting, loved the physical aspect of the game, and, you know, being able to hit a few returners early on in my career was uh, very enjoyable. So did you let him know, or were you just kind of that quiet assassin? I was always just very quiet, just went in, did my job, and, Went home. <laughs> well, Sam, you, you look at uh, your teammates' response, and there's so many. Uh, tell tell Nebraska fans if they're not familiar about your your special teams crew, about the Wolfpack Morgan Cox uh, specifically. I was reading a story; it's his first game in the NFL. He's your long snapper, and he's he's shortened the the snaps back to you so. Is it true you wound up and threw him a fastball and hit him on the back of the head? Yeah, it's very true. Uh, I'm <laughs> one of those guys when you get on that field, um, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm very proud of it, but it's I all know right. uh, our relationship yeah, our relationship grew pretty strong that day. But um, I'm one of those people when I hit that field, I become a different person. I'm, I'm all about just – doing what's right to help our team win, doing what's right to, you know, help our individual goals, uh, help us achieve those individual goals, doing everything I can to make us better. And then once I get off that field, I'll be your friend, you know, for the rest of the day. But I'm a different different animal when I hit that field, and it's always trying to do whatever I can to be the best I can for that day, along with everybody around me. Well, you, you brought a professionalism. Sam Cook, couple minutes with us here. Hale Varsity Radio uh, is on the consulting side of things now with the Baltimore Ravens, 16 years uh, with the Ravens. Uh, Pro Bowl putter, no doubt, going to be in the Ravens' uh, ring of honor. And uh, I would be surprised if you don't get a look by Canton, Sam, for what you did and you have the art and the perception of punters that, you know, there's the, the kickers and then there's the rest of the team. But, Sam, you go to a man with your teammates in Baltimore, be it the Ed, Ed Reeds, Ray Lewis's, Coach Harbaugh. I mean, there was – now, Sam's, Sam's a, a dude, I guess is the best way to put it in, in uh, glowing terms with uh, how, how you were treated. You weren't treated like a kicker. Does that make sense? Yeah, and 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 what, what um, absolutely what 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 uh, what was that like for you? I mean, you've always been kind of one of the guys, but you know, there's this—I don't want to call it a stigma—but there's this perception about 
punters around the NFL. It's always kind of a joke. I mean, and it's not, but, you know, the kickers, the commentators, the the punters are, or, or the field goal kickers are the butt of the joke, but you know how important they are, obviously. Yeah, I mean, every, everybody wants to be us during the week, but they never want to be us on Sundays. And so <laughs> they're always thankful take. when it yeah. – yeah, when they're they're always thankful when it comes to Sunday and we do our job because they're they're extremely happy. If we don't do our job, then obviously we're the butt of all jokes, you know. But you always hear the old linemen coming up, you know, as we're in the locker rooms or getting ready for practice. Or like, man, it must be nice, but they surely don't want to be us on Sundays. So it's, it's we have a, a mutual feeling, a mutual respect between all of us here at the Ravens, and the way they approach us is. As is like one of the guys, mm-hmm. and you gotta love everybody here for that. I mean, they understand how how important we take our jobs, even though it may not be as physically demanding. It's it's equally mentally demanding, and so I think a lot of guys understand that and understand where we come from, and they they enjoy our uh, our attitude about that. Sam Cooks with us. Sam, it's it's rare in professional sports, or it can be rare, that things end on great terms. And that's what's happened with you in, in Baltimore. Uh, they gave you a heads up that they were going to go uh, draft another punter. You're in it even post-career. You know, now, when it can, comes to consulting, you're, you're ready to help the team because you're a, you're a giver. You're not selfish. You've never been selfish. Correct. What was the uh, the conversation like to to step away? And did they have to talk you into it, or were you ready? I know you said Thursday you're at peace, but you can still ball. I guess is what I'm getting at. Correct. Yeah. Like, obviously, make it clear. I feel like I can go out there and still punt. You know, another three, four years. But however, you know, this was a conversation that I had with Coach Harbaugh. You know, all of our special teams coaches, Chris and Randy Brown, and even Jerry Rosberg, along with Eric DaCosta, and had these conversations with my wife, too. And so it was one of the things that we had discussed, you know, do I want to, you know, look at possibly playing somewhere else? And I just honestly couldn't see myself being with any other organization nor spending that much time away from my family. And I think that was what led to the ultimate decision was, yes, can I go play? Yes. Uh, Would it be nice to make a little bit more money? Not, you know, to me, it's not about the money. It's being able to be with my family and also have the opportunity to help out an organization that gave me so much and then, you know, help out the next guy in line the next man up as we say in the nfl and give him the platform and the foundation to go out there and succeed which is what coaching is all about and i'm going to enjoy that and and already just this morning we started working with jordan so i I look forward to going out there on that practice field and and helping him in every, every way that i can and so with all that i'm just uh you know very appreciative of where I'm at and how, how things are going and how they handled the whole situation. And so, yes, I'm completely at peace with my decision. And I, I just look forward to the next chapter of my life. 
Sam Cook with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Sam, you said you got to see Coach Downing and, and Coach Bush. What was uh, that moment like for you? Uh, it was great seeing them. I, when I come back to Nebraska, usually once a year, I'll go down to um, the university and be able to see Bill Bush. But Coach Downing hadn't seen him in a while, and it just you know brought back many memories of us being at Nebraska during college and and enjoying those times. So we got to catch up a little bit, and uh, it was it's just great to see those guys and have them be a part of such a special day. Is there a moment in your career that's kind of burned into your memory? A big moment, a tense moment. Uh, you were a lot, a part of a lot of last-minute wins or or moments when it comes to special teams, defense, a little offense, and special teams. And that was uh, the 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 formula that that has made Baltimore such a, a really good football team. Correct. I mean, there's so many, so many. Man, experiences and and times on that field that I that I remember. I mean, obviously the Super Bowl is the most important. You know, that's one that we'll always look back on. And being able to, you know, as you're growing up, you're thinking, man, if only I, I could be. Or actually, y'all kind of. I always kind of role played when I was a kid. Man, mm-hmm. I'm in Super Bowl. Uh, I was always role played as a quarterback rather than a punter and a kicker, but it's all the same. And then having the opportunity to play on the biggest stage in front of a hundred and some million fans or whatever, it was just, it's one of those feelings and times that you'll, you'll never forget. And to be able to host the, hoist the Lombardi and to get that Super Bowl ring, it's just it's remarkable to be a part of and, and there's other experiences and other times in throughout my career with Ray Lewis retiring and being part of such great Ravens and great NFL players and iconic players, you know, for that matter. And being able to share the field with them is, it was a lot of fun. Sam. Uh, so I know you, you, you're into steaks, right? You got your own butcher thing set up and, uh, just kind of west of Lincoln. And you also like working on trucks. And when mm-hmm. we've talked in the past, you were painting barroom stu- your, your your barroom stools. So there, yep. there's other – you keep busy on top of, of what you're planning to do consulting. So what's on the next to-do list for you when it comes to hobbies? Oh, man. Well, I guess what not. I'm, I'm always – tinkering with something and i guess that's the nebraska in me so <laughs> right now i just need to get my uh i got a chevy uh 85 chevy k20 that i'm working on with my son i ended up taking a, a lot a few steps back uh tore out all the electrical tore the front axle out so we gotta we gotta work on that get that thing back up and running and get it to a place where we can go drive it so that'll probably be my next project i'm focusing solely on well, you could also do the uh, the, the cooking and and uh, the, uh, the the grilling show. You've done done a couple of cameos, I think, as well. So, man, you're going to be busy. And hey, Sam, best to you. Congratulations to your career, your success, and your new chapter as a consultant. And really happy for you, man. And thanks for all the time you've always given us. And we'll be in touch again. Chris, I appreciate you having me. Always enjoy being on here with you. And yes, I look forward to speaking with you guys again. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. 
and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Oh, good. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome in Green Bay Packer Hall of Famer, Husker Hall of Famer, standout uh, with the Big Red and couple of national title rings uh, I'm on green with this big part of day by day that'll be in Omaha coming up here this holiday weekend the granary district 7 p.m. Friday day by day movie.com's where you go to get your movie tickets Amon it's been a while nice to spend time with you thanks for taking the phone call hey no problem thanks for having me guys well appreciate you you jump it on and and Amon I look back to your time at Nebraska what was it like for you to be an incoming freshman with that 95 team? Um, it was just it was me, you know, just taking in what the guys that did the previous year. And my goal was to come in and try to help the team in any way, in way, shape, and size I could. And uh, I remember during training camp and right at the end of training camp where Coach set me down in the running backs room. He asked me, did I want a red shirt? And I pretty much said to him right away, no, I don't. I said, I want to I want to play my freshman year. I know I came out, um, and that was because how the teammates around me, you know, Lawrence Phillips, Damon Bean, Jason, Clinton Childs, and then guys on defense, Christian, Phil, Ellis, uh, Doug, uh, Mike Minner, those guys, Tony Veland, uh, basically they, you know, they, they beat me up, but that beating me up got me ready to play. You know, it, it gave me the confidence of what I knew because they would tell me, you know, they'll tell me, they would beat me up and they say, hey, then the next day, oh, man, freshman, good job. The way you ran that ball today, that's how you run the ball. That's how you become part of the offense. That, that's all I needed to hear. So I knew I was doing the right things coming in. And then so then from that point is just continue to play and practice, obviously hit the books the way I needed to to be a part of this uh, team and a part of that offense uh, in that year. I'm on green with us, Hale Varsity Radio, head coach, gamer, host, and uh, uh, just an incredible NFL career. Amon, who took you under their wing as a freshman? Yes. Oh, uh, who took me under? Yeah. Um, he did. He what? He, you, you, you cut out, Amon. Who start over for me, bud? Who 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 took you under the, their wing? Who who helped you get acclimated in that running back room? Oh yeah. So the person that took me under their wing was Lawrence Phillips right away on the day. Summer workout started for the freshman class of 95. He pretty much grabbed me in the weight room and said, freshman, you're working out with me. You know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this together on these days. We're going to sprint. We do swing sprints and we do the conditioning outside on the uh, field. You run next to me. And when I'm out here, make sure you do that. And I don't have to come look for you. I'm like, no problem. Done. And so that's when our friendship, our, our, our teammate relationship basically started to grow from there. And, I knew his work ethic, and I know what he did on the field because I watched him the previous year as a you know as a high school senior, junior, and central, sophomore, and north. So just knowing his ability, knowing what he could do, I'm like, 
definitely gracious and happy that he's basically taking the time to to reach out to me and say, hey, this is what I can do. You know, I want you, I want to push you. I want you to push me. You know, so we can go out here and basically be the best of the best. You know, make each other be- better out here on the football field. I'm on Greens with us, Hale Varsity Radio, day by day movie in Omaha. This weekend, the Granary District, 7 o'clock Friday, daybydaymovie.com is where you log on to get your movie tickets if you're headed up to the Metro. Did that shock you uh, to have somebody of, of LP's stature willing to extend an olive branch to somebody that, that wanted his job? No, it wasn't a surprise. It was more, it wasn't a shock. It was more like a subtle surprise because I've been watching it for years. And you know, when you're a fan, of somebody like Lawrence, like Tommy, like the first few years, Jacob Peter, Grant Western, and then now you're staying next to him, you're him on the person, hanging out with him in the, at the training table, you know, and they're just fine. Oh, they're just for you. They, they just want to work hard. They want to win a lot of football games, and they're going to do whatever they need to do or we need to do to win those games. And so now it's like, man, we got the same mindset. You know, I want to win. I want to help this team continue to win. They beat Miami um, this previous year. Now I want to beat be a part of the team that beats the next team in the national title game, you know, come the end of the football season in 1995, going into 1996. So to see that we're all like-minded on the same page and had the same things in front of us, uh, that was just, a, I'll say, a breath of fresh air for myself. Amon, you, you got thrust into the starting position and you delivered, still a freshman record uh, rushing. How did you prepare for that? How did Coach Solich get you ready? When my mom and dad taught me, we did it real quick where it was a uh, short-term goals, long-term goals, or short-term, mid-term, and long-term. Short-term goals was that you did every day, like wake up, time each other, you practice as far as um, is a mid-term goal. It's past the chance at the end of the school year to graduate and things of that nature. But then my one far, you know, long-term goal was to whatever college I went to, help that team win the title and then obviously graduate from my college. And that basically – and started to start. It started into fruition once I became a freshman in training camp in the summer of 1990. But it just was those guys, like I said, like-minded people working together. Osborne and the coaching staff motivating us, and Coach Solich, you know, helped out where and giving me the confidence to go out there and play. Because I remember my freshman year going into the state game, I was really anxious. I was really nervous before a game. It was on Thursday night football and. And Thursday night ESPN football, and I know everybody literally in the world is going to be watching us play. And I'm like, okay, you know, what I'm going to do, don't mess up. Am I going to fumble? And, you know, so I got all these thoughts running through my head. And we watched our last set of film the night before, and I'm walking out the meeting room, and I say to Coach Solis, I said, Coach, I said, I'm nervous. What can I do to kind of calm myself down? He said, well, don't worry about it. Being nervous right now is just your body kind of telling you, your body and your mind telling you you're ready to play because you're thinking, what are you thinking about? It's like, I'm thinking about the game tomorrow. He's like, exactly. He said, that's what you should be thinking about. So, so body, your way your body tells you you're ready to do this or you're, you're becoming aware of what you need to do when the moment comes. And so when he said that, it just helped me relax a little bit more, actually calm me down a lot so I could sleep better through the night. I had a sleep, I had a really sleepless, uh, a sleepful night that night. And once I got in the game, it was just like he said, I was calm. I knew the play. I think my first carry was a 20-yard run down the sidelines, and I got pushed out of bounds. And then later on in the fourth, third, fourth quarter, I scored a touchdown. My first touchdown in my first college football game was something I never even thought of to happen like that. Was just it just gave me that confidence to keep working hard and doing what I was doing. That I was on the right path 
uh, that I wanted to be on to help this team win a national title. How hard a lesson, I guess, was was the Arizona State game for the team? That Arizona State game in 1996, that, that was a game that basically said two things to us as players, as a team, that, you know, you got to play through hard moments and you got to keep focus. And if you get off that focus, it's going to be even harder to, to play and try to win. And then also, not that we didn't respect our opponent, but definitely never take an opponent lightly because any given moment, any any given game, that's why we play football. So the game that everybody thought we were going to win, we ended up getting, you know, we had scored nothing. And we got beat 19-0 to in Sun Devil Stadium. So it was just an eye-opener. And then from that point on, we had the motivation. We found our focus because we were just a little rattled, I say, going into the game, but then also – in the game, definitely route up, but we're able to you know, get things, I say, lined up and finish the rest of the season, even though we still you know, stumble in losing in the first Big 12 championship to Texas uh, Longhorns. But we were able to, that was kind of our springboard into the 97 season. Was there a doubt at all in your mind that 97 would end the way it did? Uh, no, no, there was no doubt. I knew it was going to be different because that motivation to the Longhorns that for every player, I wasn't even on that trip. So I took it more personal. Mm-hmm. myself than any other player. Those guys played on the field. They physically felt the pain because in that game they got beat up and they got hurt or they, they were playing through, you know, guys had the flu and all that stuff going on, you know, but I'm sitting at home with a broke foot and I, so I can't even be there with my teammates in a loss because, like I said, I'm a team player, so even in a loss, I'm going to be next to my players. I want to do that same effort, win or lose, and I'm not even there. I'm back home in Omaha watching the game on TV and just like shaking my head like, man, I wish I was there. But going to Miami, playing against Virginia Tech, getting my foot filled up, all the motivation I needed. And then for all of us, you know, some of us, to be honest, we didn't want, we didn't even want to play Virginia Tech. We wanted to play, I think it was Florida State for the national title or Florida again for the national title in that game because we knew we were better than what we were. We know these two losses, the loss against Sun Devils, in their stadium and in the loss against Longhorns and the Big Tour Championship was the two deciding games that put us in our situation. But we understood that, and now we just had to put it past us and look forward to what helped us through that whole season. Amon Green with us. Amon, you've had uh, a couple of interesting moments in your career with Tommy Frazier and then Scott Frost going from Frazier to Frost and also going from Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what was that like for you as the primary ball carrier uh, on on both teams? Oh man, it was amazing. I, I, I'm very, I say, fortunate. Very, I say, lucky <laughs> because I never thought I would have a chance to. Obviously, once I met Tommy right away, and then he's being the commander in that hollow, someone should, you know, shouting plays at me, you know, letting me making sure that I know my plays, and even. And if I know, but he said, don't, if you don't, don't even think, you know, tell me, don't think sometimes it's just, just play because you wouldn't be in this huddle. You know, if, if you didn't, if you, if you were in, if you, say, if you didn't do the things you did, you know, in high school or during training camp, you wouldn't be in this huddle. So you're supposed to be here. So when I give you a play, run it like you've been running it. You know, he would, you know, give me that type of little, soft, little talks in the huddle. It'd be quick. It was over. But then I would have that confidence to go and get out of my own way mentally because you know i'm I'm barely 18 mm-hmm. i'm playing on the national title team this number one team in the country so yes it's a hundred like i said a, a hundred thoughts running through my head don't mess up don't do this this and that but he's like stop thinking just play and keep up with me don't you know because i'm gonna run as fast as i'm gonna run so you better keep up with me i was like no problem Tommy. so that just helped me because it was just 
he he trusted me, you know, just like the coaches trusted me to be in that on the football field in that huddle, and the, then switch it over a couple of years later or the, the next year to Scott. It was now I was kind of not that I had leadership over Scott. We were, you know, I had been on the field, I had been, you know, starting as a freshman, so I just had that experience mm. a little bit more than Scott did. So I kind of helped him, you know, right during during and after that uh, Arizona State game, we had miscommunication with. He had a couple bad pitches here and there. So I just, you know, had that conversation just like Tommy had with me. It was like, hey, you know, when you pitch the ball, just make sure you don't double clutch it. Or if, you, if you're if you going to run with it, just run with it. You know, I'm going to play off of you. That's how the option works. And I think giving me saying that to him, knowing that, you know, I'm not mad. It, it happens. You play games, you lose games, you do, it, you do it as a team. So I'm doing this. I'm telling you, I still got your back. I'm gonna, you're going to need me. I'm going to need you. So this is what we need to do together. And I think – I hope that that was the conversation that helped him build his confidence as a quarterback coming after Tommy Frazier because, as we know, that was no easy task, as we know what Tommy did this years in Lincoln. So to have Scott coming in, be the first quarterback after a guy like Tommy, wasn't easy. You know, he took a lot of flat for the media to, to, because he went to Stanford and he came back. So it was all that, you know, I'm pretty sure weighing on him. So him coming back to do what he did as a, a quarterback starting my sophomore year, his, uh, his junior year, and then, the next year as well, just something that we pretty much grew together in that backfield. For me in Green Bay, like I said, just being a fan of the team and then knowing of Brett and then finally getting there, finding out what type of player he is, what type of person he is, what type of teammate he is, you know, that it was like, wow, I get to do this. So the cool part was he's just a, a farm boy that likes to hunt and, cut, and talk about his grass, you know, and play practical jokes on people. And then he could throw the ball very hard. So I'm like, the good thing is I don't, I'm not a wide receiver. So he doesn't have to throw the ball hard to me. He can just flip it to me here and there on short passes. So that was the one good thing I, had, I didn't have to worry about with Brett because I didn't want no broken fingers mm-hmm. um, at that time. But uh, but the, the the switch to him to Aaron and then really don't forget my senior when I was a rookie in Seattle, I had uh, Warren Moon. Oh my wow, my rookie year. That's right. So having him too, another guy who I idolized, watching him play ball when he was with the Oilers, and then once I get to Seattle, he's there. So having Warren, having Brett, and then on to Aaron, I knew right away the day we drafted him, just because of his process and what he started with, knowing that he slipped to the 24th pick, and everybody says, you know, that's not a big deal. He still went first round. But as a player, when you're told one thing and then another thing happens, that is what is going to bother you. That's what is going to upset you. That's what's going to, you know, bring that chip on your shoulder to grow. That's how. That's what happened with me. I was told I would go late first round, and I went third round. So I knew right away with Aaron dropping to the 24th pick for the Packers in the 2005 draft. I knew right away this kid was going to come in with a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to, you know, he was going to possibly, you know, come in and, and fill the shoes and surpass what what Brett did his career um, playing as a quarterback in the NFL and as a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, which we know is not no easy task. But he did it. He's been doing it. He's still doing it today. So I'm happy for him. And it was just, you know, I say for me, great moments to be able to play with all those quarterbacks throughout my career. Amon Green with us. Amon, last thought, and thanks so much for taking time to, to promote Day by Day. Excited to see your feature part in it, and uh, of course, Nebraska fans anxious to see, uh, remembering the, the dominance, the rise, part one of the documentary, Omaha, this weekend. Daybydaymovie.com is where you go to get your tickets, the granary district where it's going to be shown. So, is there a, a, an all-time classic Favre prank you can tell us about? Uh, yeah, I got several, but one for sure. And 
and this one goes in in a, in a, I say in the category of uh, myself not knowing, not being a hunter. So I'm not a you know traditionally I never was a hunter. I've been hunting a few times since the prank. Before the prank, never had been hunting. Oh, no. So for your hunters out there, you're gonna like this prank. So it was my second year. It was 2001 season. I became the starter. It's about week five or six. We're having an okay year. We went the first month. We're like one and two. And we won a few games after that, so we're kind of back on the, the winning winning path. And I come to my locker on a Wednesday, and my jersey feels kind of – it smells kind of funny. It smells kind of like mildew. And I'm like, okay, maybe the equipment guys didn't wash it last night and they just didn't put it in the dryer at the right time or whatever. So I go kind of tease them a little bit, have some fun. Fred and T-Bone and Nelly. I'm like, what y'all doing, you know? You, 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 did you forget the, uh, the the detergent or the the bounce, you know, fabric softener? And you know, <laughs> then I go to practice, you know, and not thinking nothing of it. And then I was Wednesday, Thursday, same thing. It smelled like mildew, and I'm like, these guys are really not. They're missing it. it just but you know, for me, it's just like nothing. They're like, all right, they just maybe just the washer broke down or the dryer's not working, what have you. So again, then Friday, I'm sitting in my locker, about to go through our, about to go to practice with Doug Peterson that was our backup quarterback at that time, walks up to me. He says, Amon, um, has your jersey smelt like mildew the last couple of days? I'm like, yeah, it sure has. That's like, I've just been giving Red and Nelly and guys a bad time just because it seemed like they forgot how to use the washer and dryer. And they're like, he's like, no, 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 it's not them. That's not what it is. He said, do you hunt? Have you been hunting? I said, no, I haven't. I'm like, what's up? He said, well, when a hunter goes hunting, they bring dry dough urine to put in the stand and sprinkle it around the stand for the attractive deer to the the blind. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is deer pee. <laughs> and, and then he said, yeah, Brett did it to me, Craig Nall, and I think he did Donald too, a few other players as a joke. And I'm like, wow. I said, like, well, I hope he really likes me because he still get has me the ball and throws me the ball from time to time. Wow. So, <laughs> so did you get him back? No, I still owe him, so that's going to happen one day. <laughs> I like it. Amon, best to you. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, no, thanks for having me. I, I love telling the stories to everybody. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. It's uh, Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Road Show here in Cardi and We've got lots of little ones uh, cranking around the lobby. Uh, there's a water park here at this hotel, and uh, they are, well, they're out in full force already, man. Uh, proud of the uh, many parents that are up before 8 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> We've got floaties and uh, 
wraps and towels in hand, we welcome in Brandon Vogel, managing editor with HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, Elijah Herbal back at our Lincoln Studios. Vogues, I love the, the shot, man. I love the shot when we do StreamYard. Find us this morning on ESPN Lincoln Twitter or ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. But the Vogues, the classic shot behind you of the bookshelf, the home office, man. I mean, it is it is Shefty-esque, brother. Or I should say Shefty's <laughs> normal shot is Brandon Vogel-esque. Well, th- thank you. Got my reference, my, my college football reference materials behind me. So um, those are always important. I do actually use all of these books. So they're not just for they're show. They're not for show. <laughs> No, they're real. They have pages in them and everything. <laughs> they're pretty good. Well, if you haven't seen or subscribed, do so. Hail Varsity Magazine, hailvarsity.com. Great bundle option, yearbook in progress for another season. And, Bogues, you did a little, um, I guess, TV cameo, my friend. I saw on some of the different social media channels. Uh, talking about the yearbook. Let's start there. there. There's a list of things we, we need to get into, a checklist we'll hit on this morning. But you know what? Every year's fun. Every year's intriguing. But this year's huge. And there's been about, dare I say, three or four mile marker years in the last decade. We've been covering this thing with different staffs and I think we're at a mile marker for 2022, and, and I know that that, that insight and uh, analysis will be reflected with the upcoming season preview. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's an interesting it's an interesting season because, like, you know, the pressure to win at Nebraska is is always there and will forever always be there. Um, but you really feel it this this year, and with the way the terms of how that you know the contract restructuring went, like it, you even kind of have a hard date on it. Not that I think you know <laughs> Nebraska needs to be here and not here on August first or on October first, and that's it. But I mean, the timing of that that date is certainly interesting and adds a little even extra to to you know just kind of the the tension around this season. Tension's a good word. Tension can be horrible, can be crushing. Tension can be absolutely revealing uh, in a positive where you overcome and, and you break through. Uh, you, you, you burst or snap that, that tension, and that's what I'm interested in. You look at uh, some of the different newcomers, and I know that countdown has begun on HaleVarsity.com. And uh, the 15 through 13, Steve Marek, uh, great dude, uh, part of our team at Hale Varsity, uh, putting out uh, the rundown. I, I think when we look at Chubba Purdy, I want to start with him. I'm really excited to see how, A, healthy his summer is, but, B, what, what can happen with him. I'm all in on Thompson, proven big game performer Chuba, if that dude can stay healthy uh man i i think whipple really loves what he got in him uh if he's rushed into service this year or wins the job great but 
from a long-term standpoint, man, he looks like a really nice prospect and project for Whipple. Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously, with Whipple, goes back to being recruited out of high school. Um, reading Steve's uh, countdown of the new additions for Nebraska, I haven't gone back and watched it yet. I need to. I need to make a point to go back and watch that NC State game that Purdy had as a true freshman because just reading his numbers, I hadn't thought of them in a while. Like, looked like a pretty impressive performance for a true freshman. You know, making his first start. Uh, against the ACC team that has put a ton of guys in the league lately, especially on deep. Uh, so I played pretty well in that NC State game. You know, I think we have a pretty good idea that Thompson probably has first crack at this. Um, that said, you know, I don't know how settled that, that is going into summer workouts and then when we get to all camp. I mean, I think Casey Thompson will get every chance to be your starter, but – I think these other guys will get a chance, too, to make their own kicks. Brandon Vogel's with us here on the Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, I think Chubba Purdy probably tops the list of uh, the, the the people that uh, – of the transfers. You're not expecting them to play this season. But I think there's a couple guys uh, among the transfers that uh, I've gotten a little bit unheralded. I think of guys like Tommy Hill, Omar Brown – uh, the wide receiver, uh, I, Garcia Castaneda. I mean, there's a couple guys that have been brought in that while they had some fan for when they came in here, they've flown under the radar since their arrival. Are, are you expecting any of those guys that, that I've listed to, to get playtime here in 2022, or, or should we focus on the guys that have come with a little more fanfare, the the O'Shawn Mathis types, the, the Stephon Wynn types? Yeah, um, I think two of the guys you mentioned, I, I, I do expect uh, I do expect to play. Uh, talking through Steve, as he was, you know, Steve's really meticulous about, you know, not just putting out a list and ranking these, but like, you know, putting the time in to, to think about who goes where and why. Um, and one, two of the biggest questions we had were with Omar Brown and Garcia Castaneda, and it's hard to know how they fit because they were injured in the spring, but for me, I, I love a transfer who was a proven performer at the FCS level, which Brown was. Um, Garcia Castaneda, I think, is best-case scenario in 2022. He probably has the kind of I know a type of season, which I don't think he's going to be Nebraska's you know, top-line guy, but he's the guy who will notice on Saturday. I mean, he gets back to full health. Brandon Vogel's with us. Find him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Vogue's uh, story out of the world, Harold from Sam McEwen reporting on P.J. Flex contract extension. We kind of kicked things off as, as far as reputations and coaches you love to, to maybe dislike, right? Uh, be it... Uh, the, the big eight uh, crew of, of sit-down Norm or, or Billy Tubbs, right? Some of us are in that Roy Williams camp from back in the day at Kansas or even get into the big eight, and maybe some of you weren't or aren't McCartney or Switzer fans and, you know, Texas and, and Mac Brown or even John Makovic, right? That, that'll make you put a little something extra in your coffee just to calm the nerves. Well, P.J. Fleck has th- – th- there's that Fleck effect, right, that, that is very real for Nebraska fans, very real for former people that are part of the Minnesota program 
and then around the league. If, if you were to look at the old Fleck meter, and on one side of it is, can't stand this dude. I'd, I'd buy a vehicle from him, and all four tires would fall off once I leave the lot. <laughs> or how's, how's he do this wow? He's really good, despite his personality. Are you more of the annoyed side of this uh, this ledger, or are you the respect side when it comes to Fleck, when you dive into him? Yeah, I'm pretty firmly in the respect side with Fleck. It's, it's, hard, it's hard for me not to be with his results. Uh, I think, you know, the, the road the boat piece of it be a little bit corny, but stuff like that works. And it certainly worked for him. And it's an indication to me that, you know, Minnesota and Western Michigan before that, they were built on something. They weren't just, well, we got to go win games. It was, here's how we're going to do it. Um, that said, the, the one thing that annoys me most about like is putting an oar on Minnesota helmets. That's, that's too far for me. Like, I'm, I'm fine with the boat. It works for them. Talk about it all you want in the locker room and the room and put it all over everything. You can put it on the helmet. Like, that, that's like a personal logo on the helmet. I mean, in Notre Dame, are you going to put an oar on your helmets just because it's your state? Um, so that's one that, that bothers me a little bit because that's where you can really see, like, okay, what I'm doing is going even ahead of Minnesota, which has a pretty proud what, what do you think when push comes to shove what what has flex plan been because he was really the first to purge a roster and he boy did he boy did he do it he's also the first to win with only 33 guys during covid probably the only guy ever to win with 33 guys during covid and he has a stable of running backs. Mo Ibrahim's incredible Achilles injury against Ohio State. No big deal. Uh, by the end of the season, I'll, I'll figure out some guy that's on the on the sixth team and we'll, we'll still win nine. We'll still either beat Iowa or we'll still either beat Wisconsin and Nebraska. Yeah, I'm good with going 3-0 and against them. <laughs> the last few years, they lost in 18, but you get my point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their, their amount of running back talent, when you step back and look at it, I mean, one of the guys who transferred this offseason because he was basically blocked because they've got three studs, you know, ahead of him, all coming off injury, still ahead of him, went to Oregon. Um, so that was probably their fourth best back. Um, you look at that that Wisconsin game, which at that point they'd lost those three backs. Well, what do they do? They go out and throw for – 12 yards a pass against Wisconsin. Like, nobody did that against Wisconsin. Nebraska went for 10 yards a pass in its, you know, weird game against the Badgers last year and ended up passing Wisconsin a shot at the title. So, you know, in terms of how he built this and why row the boat works to whatever degree I think it does is I think it gives those guys, like, there's a very clear sense of what they're about. Like, this is who we are. This is why we do what we do. And if you don't have that from someplace, um, you know, you don't have to have a catchy slogan or you don't have to put a, an oar on a helmet to do that, but you've got to have something that says, here's why we do what we do. Cause if you don't, then you're just kind of out there playing games and it, 
it's tough to win consistently that way. Brandon, we, we've had the, the catchphrase, as you said, the row of the boat. Uh, tell me, if you could make a catchphrase of, of Scott Frost's first four years at Nebraska based on either what he said or, or, or just the, the catchphrase that you'd put around this team, what, what would Brandon Vogel's catchphrase be? Ooh, um, let's see. Well, we know it's not pound the rock. That was quickly discarded. Uh, left <laughs> hilariously outside the, the practice facility. Uh, it, it might be hold on to the ball. Um, and I'm not just talking fumbles, though that that might be – you certainly got to address that part of it. But you look at this offense, they can, they've shown they can go up and down the field pretty good a lot of the time. Um, the one thing it hasn't felt, and I wrote about this, you know, last fall, and we'll see if it changes this fall, is it never really feels like the offense is in control of the game. And you don't have to be Army or Navy or an option team that, you know, possesses the ball for 38 minutes to do that. Um, but you do have to do a couple of specific things. And, and some of that is success in the red zone. Uh, some of that's a little bit getting some better starting field position, uh, you know, which tracks to special teams as well. So hold on to the ball, both literally and metaphorically, uh, might be what I'd go with at this stage. I'm going to say pop the balloon. <laughs> I mean, just, just give okay. me pop the balloon. that You can use that as a – Big play downfield. You can get into the end zone, Vogues. You can light up a ball carrier or receiver. There's many different things you can attach, pop the balloon to. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and I like it because we're going to need to have metaphorical balloons this year because uh, there will be no actual balloons. So I could, I could be convinced. Okay, uh, I'm going to dive into the food side of things. We're in Carney. Junior, sadly, just watched last night, but he did save a run because he was warming up in the bullpen. And he he uncorked a Ricky Vaughn special that just hopped the bullpen catcher and trickled onto the field of play from the bullpen. (laughs) And the ump had to come out from behind home plate and yell, Time! You know, dead ball here, and it saved a wild pitch from the reliever on the mound for Southwest or, or for Remax. And everyone's got, you know, it's a dead ball. Everyone's got to go back to to third and second. So even though he didn't get in the ball game last night, he's, he saved his team. Over. Well, I'm, I'm just sitting here imagining the coach that, all right, head off to the bullpen. If you see anything go awry on the field, just chuck that thing over the fence. No, I mean, he, he, he was warming up long enough that he threw a game. So. Uh, long and short, we went out for uh, for pizza and wings last night, and so a Reuben pizza, Vogues. Have you made one? Would you order one? I have wow. I have not made one. Um, I would probably try it. I, I like Rubens. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the the dressing, but everything else on the Ruben I am I am here for. So I'd, I'd probably be intrigued. I, I occasionally like if it's a good cheeseburger pizza, like just for a, sure. a change of pace. I'll, I'll go that route and you know get some pickle and mustard on there. Um, so I, I'm not. 
fundamentally opposed to it uh, every once in a while. So maybe one out of every 15 pizzas, you can you can go and do something crazy. See, see my, my specialty of choice is to go with the breakfast pizza, the sausage, the eggs, mm-hmm. the cheese. That's what I'll go for, Brandon. And I think breakfast pizza, pretty universally liked. Something that's not pineapple on pizza. What's your take? <laughs> I'm fine with the Hawaiian pizza. Um, I know it's... Um, it's one of our most divisive issues. Um, so that's another one. That's probably that's probably another one in 15 for me. So I don't like love it, love it. But if there's wine pizza, I'll, I'll have a slice. The Reuben pizza thin crust was dynamite. Enough sauerkraut, enough corned beef. The sauce wasn't overpowering. I'm totally with you on the cheeseburger pizza. Our boys at Lazari's do an undefeated one. And it's incredible. I've got to twist their arm to make it for me. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, because it's kind of a seasonal special deal. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm high maintenance. The last part is I had some Jameson wings last night. So they were fried and, and then smoked, and I'm not sure what order, but the Jameson on the outside had a little kick but it wasn't overpowering. And I I worked to try and get a point in the right direction on how to try and make those at home to no avail. Have you ever uh, used whiskey or anything uh, of the sort for, for your wing manufacturing, my friend? Uh, maybe not to, to the degree that it seems like you're talking about there. I mean, I've done like, you know, bourbon barbecue sauces. If I right. want to do some, some barbecue wings, um, had that, I know, um, I, I haven't had the opportunity to try them yet, but, uh, I believe there's a Jameson caramel wing on the menu at the Hale Varsity Club in Omaha. Ooh. So those seem to be an early favorite. Um, so I'm excited to get the chance to try those. I just haven't, haven't had the opportunity yet. Well, we will be up there June 23rd for the yearbook uh, release party. Excited for that, Brandon Vogel. Vogues, let's end it on the yearbook, my friend, and uh, some of the specials and features. And, of course, no time like right now to, uh, to become a member of Hale Varsity. Yeah, so subscribe by June 6th. If you're not already a subscriber, that guarantees you get your yearbook basically as, as soon as it's available. You know, it's, uh, it is a, a, our, our biggest magazine of the year. Chris referenced uh, my, my award-winning video pitch that uh, you can find out there if, you, if you'd like. Uh, these, these end up being about 45,000 words uh, just on Nebraska football. So if you've uh, ever picked up Slaughterhouse-Five or The Great Gatsby, uh, that's about the same length as, as one of those small novels. So you get a lot for, you know, for your money and you know, yearbook price. Uh, if you're thinking about getting a single copy, go to the description route. Uh, you're almost almost there anyway with, with the price of a single copy. So we encourage people to do that. Some really great stuff uh, coming up in, in this year's edition. Mike Babcock uh, got a lot of time with Barrett Rude. They are both uh, big Grateful Dead fans, which uh, plays a pretty big role in, in that story. That one I, was really cool. I, was, I had a ton of fun reading that. Um, 
Jacob Padilla, uh, we know him as kind of a, a basketball savant. I mean, he's, of course, good at, at everything we do or everything he does. But uh, he recently took in that, that charity game, Elkhorn, uh, and offered a, a you know complete basketball breakdown of Nebraska's <laughs> football players. And uh, I'm excited for people to read that. I laughed out loud multiple times while, while reading the first draft of that story. So those are two of the features you can look forward to. I'm going to hold off on mentioning any others uh, to not spoil some of the announcements coming next week. But beyond that, you know, position by position breakdowns. And then, of course, team previews for all of the Big Ten and the non-conference opponents that Nebraska has. So plenty there to get you ready for August 27th. The ultimate, like, road trip with with Babbers and and, and, uh, Rudy. And they jump in the (laughs) Babbers mobile and they're just cranking out Grateful Dead bootlegs. Can you imagine? (laughs) apparently apparently rude has like 500 burn cds of just yes you know grateful dead concerts so it's not like yeah i like the grateful dead you know i put on their stuff he's like no he's he's serious yeah (laughs) it's beyond putting on their stuff right (laughs) i mean he's that and that's cool i mean that that's because let's be straight we all knew the kid in high school that put on their stuff but didn't oh yeah that's great that's the grateful dead on 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 your radio they did touch a gray you know that right yeah you weren't that kid were you i'm gonna i'm gonna say probably not uh don't have the sleeve of 500 500 concert tapes exactly elijah you a grateful dead guy or no not particularly, no. No, I had a roommate who was a big Grateful Dead fan, and for fear of making anybody angry here, I remember listening to like it from across the way from his room and being like, I'm not sure what's so special about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was well put. Vogues, enjoy. Uh, give Junior a fist pound, and, and we'll talk uh, next week, bud. Sounds good, guys. Thanks a lot. There he is. That is good stuff. I can't wait for the uh, the yearbook. And uh, uh, Jacob Padilla is very on point and accurate with his assessment of basketball recaps. So uh, his uh, his basketball takes on Husker football will be pretty good. Quick time out. We're on the road this uh, weekend here in Kearney. As uh, the uh, the Remax Silverhawks in a tournament, we'll uh, talk some baseball, some some football, and even a little heat basketball with the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp is next to Tail Varsity Weekend, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. 
hoping to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. And then two more after that, every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Great to be back with you. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're, we're talking to Jill. She's just she's running away. She will not come on camera here. That makes me sad. Uh, so it's good weekend here. We're in Carney. We have baseball at 5 tonight. We have a tea time at uh, 10-10. And the Iron Horse, no doubt, is uh, still smiling about his Miami Heat. We say hi to Gary Sharp. Sharpie, good morning, bud. Thanks for the time. Hey, good morning, Schmidt. Good morning, Elijah. And uh, hello to the uh, Archway in uh, Kearney, Nebraska. Yes, we uh, we drove by the, the Archway, and uh, Aaron was wondering if, you know, Carson wanted his picture by the Arch. I cannot repeat on air what, what his sentiments were, but but no was the answer. And when we kept on. <laughs> Have we, you ever we, been up in the Arch? No, man. I've driven by it a thousand times, but I've never it's, been uh, in it. It's pretty cool. Like when they uh, when they first opened it, I went to a little ceremony, um, and I've been back since. It's uh, you know it's very unique. Uh, I I think I encourage everyone one time to go up and you know go into the exhibit. But it's uh, yeah, it's kind of neat to stand over the uh, interstate and look down. I mean, you know, you out of towners that drive by go, what is that? But it's you know it's unique to the Carney area. So I'm I'm good with it. You should uh, you know make a pit stop on the way back. Yeah, my fear with that is we'll get out. Junior and Mama will run. I'll be on the arch, and they'll leave, they'll leave town, and, and I'm stuck. Uh, Sharpie, uh, a lot going on. I want to start with Husker baseball, and uh, with all the weather that's happened, I mean, it's just been a, a, a wet week for Lincoln and for Omaha, and deep into the night, I, I had Michigan and Maryland on before I dozed off, and... I, I, it's just a bit hollow for Nebraskans to get the Big Ten tournament yet again at it, it, uh, TD Ameritrade or whatever it's called now and, and and not have Nebraska there. That, that's been a, a challenge. But, but also you, you've got a, a revamped look, man. Uh, Coach Bolt going heavy with the JUCO. You're having a lot of departures, uh, including Cam. Check Sharpie. Assess uh, some of the new names that are going to be coming in from JUCO, and a quick take on the departures. Well, you know, here being in Omaha, where the Big Ten tournament is, and you know, you're finishing a game on Thursday into Friday morning at two sixteen. You know, it's getting really no attention. Uh, I stopped by yesterday, and it's amazing to think that Nebraska baseball, as bad as this season was, you couldn't make an eighteen tournament. I mean, that's just that's hard to fathom. And it is what it is. You know, Nebraska had plenty of opportunities to play themselves up into the standings, and it didn't happen. And now you have a tournament going on, which is really when Nebraska – the only reason that the tournament is here is because Nebraska set an all-time attendance record, and the Big Ten doesn't want to have this tournament somewhere else and bad attendance. Well, we're seeing. I mean, thankfully Iowa is still alive because there's a lot of Iowa fans, but it's not well attended. But Big Ten baseball isn't a priority, and that's – that's unfortunate, but that's been the case whether Nebraska's been in this tournament or not. You know, the season was not very good. I don't think Will Bolt well, – I'm not going to say I don't think. I know for a fact Will Bolt did not like this team. And I think it was probably about a month or six weeks into the season that he thought, uh-oh, the makeup of this team, not necessarily on the field but off the field, is not where I need it. And we're not developing leaders. We're not finding those guys that have the edge that really carried us last year. 
you know, it was just a snowball. They were their own worst enemy uh, throughout the course of the season. They just could never gain any consistency. And uh, I, I think as the season went along, Will said, I'm never letting this happen again. And so he started to change his roster along the way. I mean, look at all the junior college players that are coming in. And, and he loves the Nebraska high school player guys. But I think it hit him that not all Nebraska high school players are ready to play right away. You're not running them out, but they're not ready to play right away. And relying on them when you have some depth issues is probably not the best-case scenario. So he's going to be an older roster next year, still with Nebraska kids. But I'm not surprised that they're having departures. I'm not surprised he's brought in junior college players. I wouldn't be surprised that no one else should be next week when there are more uh, players and maybe some players of note that are departing. Um, Will's not going to stand for this again. He knows this was a bad season, and he's fixing it. So in 23, they can reach his first goal every year, and that is to host a regional. Gary Sharps with us. Hail Varsity Radio weekend here on the road in Cardi at uh, the Crown Hotel just off the interstate. Gorgeous setup. Sharpie, excellent info on just kind of the, the what was with Nebraska baseball. When we, in, in your opinion or with your insight, not liking a team's one thing, uh, and then kudos to, to Will recognizing, what was it about this team? Was it commitment? Was it uh, baseball IQ? I mean, if you had to circle the, the biggest elephant in the room with this team, what was it? Well, I think let's start on the mound. Uh, you know, you felt fairly good beginning the year with the pitching staff, but you can't lose due to injury the kind of uh, amount of innings that you were going to lose. I mean, you thought Tal Perry was going to be your number one, and before you have the time to open up your eyes and embrace the season, he's already on the shelf. So I don't think they were built to encounter all of the injuries they had with arms. And then they just never they never got consistency one through nine. I think their infield was in flux, you know, trying to figure out what's going to happen at first base, trying to figure out what's going to happen at second base. Um, you know, they they defensively, where I think a Will Bolt team will shine, this was not a very smart defensive team. I'm not talking about errors, but I'm talking about hitting the cutoff man, you know, making the simple play. It, it was just a, a combination of things that just continued to add up through the entire season. And you could never get out of your own way. Now, with that said, Nebraska almost got into the Big uh, Ten tournament, but they had so many opportunities that they can't blame anybody else. And Will's not doing that. He's blaming his himself and the entire program for not getting it it, it done. Uh, you know, it's just you now have to say, okay, I'm never going to live through this again. And this is a moment in Will's coaching career. You know, he's never had a losing season. That now he gets to change this roster on the fly to erase this result um, this year. So that's what I'm, like, excited to see because there's going to be a lot of things happen, you know, with the baseball program, what they're going to do with Haymarket Park, all of those things. I think this is an important offseason for Nebraska baseball. But I just want to prepare people next week. There could be more departures, and there might be a couple of guys that had key roles this year that are gone. But it also is going to, it's going to go back to last year and how special that was for Nebraska baseball. You had not only some very talented players – you had some guys that this was their moment to shine and they were going to knock down that door and they played with a chip on their shoulder. Can they regain that chip when they won't be the favorite like they were this year? Gary Sharps with us here, Saturday morning edition, Hale Varsity Radio. And Gary, offensively with this Husker baseball team, do you think next year is going to mark 
more of a return towards that that Bolt ball that we're so used to from from last season and from previous uh, years of, of Will Bolt, where it's a little more station to station, steals some bases, generates some runs. At times this year, it felt like the offense was reliant on the long ball, which isn't something you usually come to expect with a, a Will Bolt coach baseball team. Yeah, and I think that just a little bit kind of morphed in because they weren't a great base running team. Um, they weren't they weren't great in executing little things. I don't know. That's an interesting question, Elijah, because if you look at the players he's bringing in, especially junior college guys, Zach Johnson, who's a middle north product, who you know, hit 21 home runs. Um, they're bringing in some guys that are known for hitting the long ball. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of gap hitters. Um, I, I think this offense will be better tuned. And I think, you know, I, I think you'll also see like a Max Anderson. Max Anderson at points looked like Max Anderson. At other points, you're like, whoa, what happened to that guy? I think as they build the lineup kind of around him, he will, he will be better protected, and so he will have better opportunities at the plate where he's seeing different pitches where, where teams can't hit around him or take advantage of him. Gary Sharps with us at Hale Varsity Weekend. Uh, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Sharpie to football we go, and just a, a monster week for Nebraska with the portal. And then, of course, the recruiting trail continues to stay hot. Nebraska, a huge weekend for Friday Night Lights. This upcoming weekend here to, to start June off uh, with a, a number of in-state kids, but... Uh, a, a thought with Win, my friend, and then of course Washington, and and they're still not done. I mean, next weekend's depending on what happens in, in Arkansas, the, the the JUCO kid from from College of the Canyons in Nebraska. Tell me this: what's what's your math look like for Nebraska with uh, with their rock? Because they continue to add. I have no issue with that, but uh, you you you, you got to be at eighty five. Well, I don't, have, I don't have a fear of that because I think there are some players that already know they're leaving and they're going to leave as grad transfers that you're going you're gonna to find out when you get closer to the start of camp because they're finishing up school right now. So I have no fear that they'll get to 85. It wouldn't even surprise me if they got maybe a scholarship under uh, 85 when all is said and done, but they will be at 85. That's, that, we, we like to do that in the media, Schmitty, um, but I mm-hmm. think Nebraska's in a good spot. They know who will not be here in the fall that they're already preparing for that. Um, in terms of adding win, you know, it's going to be interesting. Can they play him straight up as a zero tech? Can he, can he slide outside? What are they going to do? I think it just keeps reiterating that Nebraska is going to morph back into a 4-3, play more 4-3, play more of an even front. Um, he's a big body. You know, it's kind of you're, you're waiting to see because the narrative changes when you lose a player, how you feel about him compared to when you felt about him on your roster. And we see that with Wynn. We don't really know a ton about Wynn. He wasn't able to really move up the depth chart, but he played in a really good program that's known for defensive linemen, and he made a business decision. He wants to go to the NFL, and Nebraska gave him the best opportunity to go to the NFL when he's playing against Big Ten offensive lines. So I'll be curious where they play him, but I think it just keeps adding when they're continuing to pursue Lewis is the guys behind him have not developed as quickly as they thought. Now, are those guys in trouble of being processed out? I don't know. But they haven't developed enough where they can say, okay, we made it through spring. I like where we're at. No. They said, oh, yeah, I hear you, Ty Robinson. You said you got to go get us some help. So we're getting help. Now, with Washington, I don't know that wide receiver was a position of need, but the more skill guys that you can have, that helps. It also, I think, helps. Marcus Washington has familiar with, of course, Casey Thompson, and he'll be able to slide right in. I don't think he's a replacement, you know, one for one like a Betts or a Torre, 
but he can be another addition in a room where you want to get to nine. The thing I think you have to look at, at a, at a win or a Washington, whenever you're adding guys, are they better than not necessarily the top-end guy at that position group, but are they better than like your three, four, five guy? And I think I can look at Marcus Washington, maybe known more for blocking at Texas, had some issues with drops, but he will flash once in a while. He's probably better than your fourth or fifth wide receiver on the roster right now, so that's a good pickup. Gary, you, you mentioned the, the Stefan Wynn pickup signaling possibly a, a return towards the 4-3. Do you think if that is in fact the case, do you think if Nebraska moves to the 4-3 this season, is that this coaching staff adjusting to the Big Ten or is that them adjusting their defense to the personnel they have this year? No, that's a good question, Elijah. And, and if you look back at last year, Nebraska played more of an even front. Um, they might have come across and said, hey, we're a 3-4. But if you watch a lot, there were, there were plenty of times where they played a 4-3. And I think it goes back to something Eric Chenander said. He was on my show. We did an interview right before spring ball. You know, they're now – this will be the fifth time through the Big Ten. So they're getting a familiarity, especially in the West Division, with offensive lines and how they attack, um, put guys in space. So what gives them the best opportunity to stop a run game, a downhill run game, or the tight end game is – a 4-3, and he, you know, Chins has alluded to looking at a lot of NFL film like the Philadelphia Eagles and what they do up front. So I, I think it's more of a, okay, we, we can play 3-4, but I think our best with our, our, our current personnel is to play a 4-3 to give us a chance to be good up front. Sharpie, we were talking uh, about Fleck and uh, the, the popularity contest. Uh, when it comes to what you do on the field versus what you're perceived to be off the field. And his extension, his uh, win total, impressive. Is Fleck more respected, or do you think he's, he's tolerated? What's your, what's your take on him, and what, what's, your, what's your vibe with some of the other co- the coaches you've bumped into and, and have uh, some insight to? Where's his... Uh, where's his um, likability meter, I guess, at in the league versus respectability? Well, I think if you're, you know, there's some coaches that are going to roll their eyes at his sloganeering and you know, the other things that he does. But I don't think anybody should roll their eyes at his results, and I especially around here, because he's been able to beat up Nebraska. And he's, he's looked good the last couple of years against Nebraska. And he's built a foundation. I mean, give him credit. They have built a strong foundation. Um, and this, but this is a key year in a lot of different ways because, guys, look at the win totals. They're anywhere from 7.5 to 8.5, and, and Nebraska's in that mm-hmm. mix. So that basically tells you the West is going to be a grab bag. It's not has a dominant team. Wisconsin doesn't sh- you know, look at you and go, hey, we're going to run away. But Minnesota is there with bringing back a former offensive coordinator that was able to get peak Tanner Morgan. Um, I, don't, I don't discount Minnesota at all. I don't look, I don't look past them. I don't you know, clown P.J. Fleck. He may rub people the wrong way, some of the stuff he does. But you can't argue with the results. He's got a good football program. Remember last year when they lost to Bowling Green? Everybody thought, here they go. They've got injuries. They're going to fall apart. What did they do? They played really good football, and they got to nine wins, including that win against Nebraska. So he's built a really, really strong foundation. It's when they get the pieces and the players, and they've had some NFL dudes, you know, they can flash, but I, I really think the the West is super intriguing this year because I don't see a dominant team. Yeah, there's Minnesota, there's Wisconsin and Iowa at the top. Then there's Minnesota. There's the kind of mystery of Purdue, what they'll be able to do defensively. 
Um, and then, of course, Nebraska kind of hangs around. So it's going to be an exciting year in the West. But Minnesota, I think, will get a little run to win the West. Gary Sharp with us, the Iron Horse Hail Varsity Weekend Roadshow in Kearney this weekend for uh, for Remax uh, Silverhawks baseball, and uh, we'll be back at it after the uh, the holiday on Monday. Sharpie, uh, best to you and, and your fan brother, and, and we'll uh, uh, hope you enjoy this holiday weekend and, and remember those, of course, that served. And we uh, we say thanks to you for for jumping on with this, and we'll talk next weekend, partner. As always, to you and Elijah, thank you very much and your listeners. All right, buddy. There he is, Gary Sharp. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Uh, Hail Varsity back at you. Thanks for tuning in and can find us on the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hail Varsity Radio. Take care. A Huda Media Production.